Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I want to wish a happy belated birthday to Nora and Issa in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Nora and Issa, thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grown Ups, Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you would like to hear your child's name at the top of our next episode, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is Westminster Abbey. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. We've never met, but I found her diary on a recent trip to London when I stumbled upon a little thrift shop. Now, I like to imagine the person who wrote in this diary is a friend of mine. I would never usually read someone else's diary, but on the cover of this little leather-bound book, it says, Please read me. So what do you say? Shall we read it together? Just the first few pages. Here we go. 27th of June, 1838. Hello, dear reader. Thank Thank you for for taking taking the time to read my diary. My name is Abby and I'm nine years old. My name was given to me because of the place that I live. I imagine you may have heard of my home. It's rather famous. Westminster Abbey. It is a very large and very old church in the city of London, which is in England, which is part of the United Kingdom. I am the girl who is in charge of ringing the bells. 
Don't ask me how I got here or how I got this job. I'm not sure. But I'm just fine and dandy taking care of myself and ringing all ten bells. Tomorrow might be the most important day of my life. You see, for centuries, many great events have taken place here at Westminster Abbey. Royal weddings, funerals and coronations. Because I am nine, I've only seen a small portion of those events. But tomorrow I get to see my first coronation. And I get to ring the bells before Princess Victoria becomes Queen Victoria. I've seen the princess. Many times, of course. She's been here quite a bit, but she has never seen me. I'm very good at hiding. My clothing is the same colour as the Abbey's stone walls, so I blend in. And my shoes are as soft as night, so no one can hear my steps. I know the perfect ways to hide in the Abbey's many corners, and how to pose in front of the paintings, so it looks like I'm a part of them. Lots of important people come in and out of Westminster Abbey every day, and there are docents who give tours, and the vicars, and others who tend to the church. But no one ever really sees me. Except for, of course, my pigeon friends, Elspeth and Ernest. Up until yesterday, they were my only friends. That is, until I met Agnes. I was just falling asleep in my cot next to the window that looks over all of London when I heard a sound I had never heard before. A whoosh, but not like a wind kind of whoosh. It sort of sparkled. It made my toes tingle and I sat straight up. I looked out and there was nothing there except for Elspeth and Ernest perched on the sill. They were fast asleep, so it couldn't have been them. I looked all around. It was just the night sky above and the city of London below. I shrugged my shoulders and laid back down. And just as I started to dream, I heard it again. That whooshing, sparkling, toes tingling sound. This time I was quick to rush out of bed and that's when I caught her flying by my window. Hello there, she said as she waved to me. I couldn't believe she could see me. Hello, I said back. Who are you? She asked as if I were the one intruding her slumber. I'm called Abby. I ring the bells here. I've lived here all my life. May I ask who you are? And how did you get up here? I asked her. She didn't exactly respond. She just floated up a little. She was sitting on a long brush, like the ones used to sweep chimneys. And on the edge of the brush was a little goat. (coughs) You and your goat. You're both flying. I told her. And what of it? She asked. I've never seen anyone fly before and I see all sorts of people here in the Abbey. Are you both witches? She laughed so hard she woke Elspeth and Ernest. (laughs) (laughs) We are what we are, but you can call me Agnes and this is (coughs) D'Artagnan. Hello, Agnes. Hello, D'Artagnan. These are my pigeon friends, Elspeth and Ernest. Can I ask what you're doing here? I asked Agnes. We're scoping out the place. I need to speak with the Duchess, and I hope I can get a word with her at the coronation. Whatever about? I asked her. D'Artagnan and I live a very happy life in a little cottage just outside of London. It's always been the two of us. We take care of one another. I play my tambourine and D'Artagnan does little tricks. (coughs) He loves to dance. People give us coins, and that's how we get by. We're very popular. We used to be, anyway, she told me. What's happened? I asked. 
Some of my neighbours have suspected I'm a witch, and they want me to leave the village straight away. That's awful. It is. And we'll have nowhere else to go. I'm at my wit's end and no one will help us. D'Artagnan added. That's why I've got to speak with Her Majesty. She's the only one I can think of who can do something about this, Agnes told me. But it's too dangerous. There are to be all sorts of guards surrounding her. You'll never get a word in edgewise. She will be the queen, after all. I know, but I must do something. You live here. I'm sure you know every inch of the Abbey if you've lived here all your life. Do you think you could help us? I know she's the only one with enough power to help us, but I don't know how to get her to listen. And I thought for a moment. Other than Elspeth and Ernest, Agnes and D'Artagnan were the only ones who noticed me. Maybe Agnes could be my friend. And didn't she deserve to stay in her home where she lived her whole life? I don't know what I'd do if they tried to take me from the Abbey. I just had to help her. But what was I to do? You say your goat can dance. Oh, I think I have an idea. Can you meet me here early in the morning? Of course, Agnes replied. <coughs> D'Artagnan added on. Well, we must be on our way, she told me. Just one moment, I said before they flew off. I don't have many friends. None that are human anyway. Do you think you and I might be friends? Well, I don't have many friends either, she replied. I think it'd be splendid to be your friend. I smiled and she smiled back. Then she flew away into the night on the chimney sweep brush. And that's when I came here to write in this diary. A friend. Can you believe it, dear reader? A real life friend. But how will we ever get the attention of Her Royal Highness, Queen Victoria? All eyes will be on her and no one even notices me, except Agnes. And we certainly can't just walk right up to her. She will be the Queen and we're just commoners. I'll have to sleep and dream about it. Wish me luck, dear Ida. 5th of July, 1838. Dear Ida, it's been a week since I've written in this diary. My apologies for not writing sooner. It's been quite busy here. Shall I tell you everything that took place? It was the day of Queen Victoria's coronation. Agnes and D'Artagnan met me as the sun rose. They flew into my window on their chimney sweep brush. There she was, the only other human that had ever seen my room, my home. I was nervous that it wasn't tidy enough and that it was too small, but she seemed to think the opposite. I believe she used the word charming, and that made me feel at ease. Then when it was five in the morning, I showed Agnes and D'Artagnan how I rang the bells, pulling on the ropes with the entire weight of my body. They watched me swing up and down. Agnes clapped and laughed at the show. <laughs> must be very important to be the one who rings the bells for all of London to hear, and on coronation day no less, she said to me. Maybe, but no one seems to notice. They hear the bells, but they never see me. Well, I see you, and so does D'Artagnan. <coughs> we think you're very important and worthy of being seen. Tears welled up in my eyes. Elspeth and Ernest landed on my shoulders to comfort me. Well, I think you're worthy of a home. A place where you are safe and warm and where you can play your tambourine and dance to your heart's content. And then I think tears welled up in Agnes's eyes too. That's when she ran up and gave me a hug. A tight squeeze. It was the greatest feeling in the world. A hug. From an actual friend. 
I curled my arms around her in return, and D'Artagnan nuzzled his head between the two of us. Well, we could hug all day, or we could make a plan. Have you thought of anything? Agnes asked me. And I had. I laid it all out for her, D'Artagnan, Ernest and Elspeth. Where they should be, what they would do. They nodded and agreed. Then later that morning, the attendees of the coronation started to make their way to the abbey, in horses and carriages. Lords and ladies, dukes and duchesses, royalty from all over the world were in attendance. The five of us watched from the tower, down at the important people making polite conversation in exquisite gowns. What a sight to be seen. As everyone made their way through the doors, the horse and carriage with the most important attendee made its way down the road. And then she stepped out from her carriage, surrounded by guards. There she is, Agnes cried out, the woman who will be queen. Can you believe it? There were many important moments in Westminster Abbey in my nine years, but none quite as important as this. It's time to take your places, I told Agnes and D'Artagnan. They got on their chimney sweep brush and followed my direction, flying so fast no one could see them. All eyes were on the girl soon to be queen anyway. I watched from atop the tower, holding my breath. Everyone had made their way into the abbey, and there was a moment where it was just her, her majesty, alone free from all the people and hubbub that surrounded her just seconds before. I was far from her, but she looked quite small, smaller than I remembered. And was I imagining things, or did she look nervous? I suppose I would be nervous also if I was about to rule an entire kingdom. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, as they say. And dear me, was that a very large crown. She began to make her way to the door. This was our moment. If she stepped in, she'd be gone forever, and Agnes and D'Artagnan would lose their home. I took a deep breath in, and like I had done countless time, pulled on the ropes with all of my might, and the bells began to ring. Her Majesty looked upward at the bells, shielding the sun from her eyes and holding the crown on her head. At that moment, Elspeth and Ernest swooped down and circled around her. She became confused and dizzy and turned herself around. And that's when Agnes signalled to D'Artagnan with her tambourine. She played her song and D'Artagnan began to dance. When Her Majesty came to, she stood still and then she began to laugh. (laughs) I grabbed onto the ropes and swung down from the tower, landing softly behind a pillar. (laughs) Unheard. Unseen. When Agnes and D'Artagnan completed their performance, Her Majesty began to applaud. (laughs) We had done it. We had gotten soon to be Queen Victoria's attention. I watched as Agnes bowed to the princess and then spoke. She introduced herself and told her of her love for music and dance and her good friend D'Artagnan and how she was about to lose her home. Was there anything Her Majesty could do for her? Her Majesty was silent. How did you think of this plan? How did you conspire with this goat and these pigeons? And on this, the day of my coronation, the most important day of my life, the princess asked her. I thought for a moment it was all ruined. Would the princess think Agnes a witch as well? Agnes breathed in. I have a friend. She's quite clever. And she rings the bells here at the Abbey. She put this plan together. 
Where is this friend? The princess asked. She's just over there. Agnes pointed at the pillar. Princess turned back around toward the pillar. I don't see a thing. She's quite good at hiding. Step out, Abby. Come, be seen, Agnes told me. And I did. I stepped out and bowed to Her Majesty. Ah, now I see you. Thank you for ringing the bells on this, the most important day of my life, Abby. The soon-to-be queen had seen me, just like Agnes did. I lost my breath at the thought. I couldn't speak. Now I have important duties to attend to, if you'll excuse me. And she made her way past all of us. But, Agnes cried out, but it was too late. She was through the doors, about to become queen. We made our way back to the tower, defeated. Soon Agnes and D'Artagnan would lose their home. My plan had failed. We had gotten the attention of Queen Victoria, but I had failed my new friends. I could hardly sleep that night. But on Sunday, Agnes and D'Artagnan came swooping back into my window, almost crashing into the bells. (laughs) Abby, look! Agnes shouted as she handed me a paper. It was nailed to my door. I've been invited to play for Her Majesty the Queen at tomorrow's music festival to celebrate her coronation. D'Artagnan and I. And you and Ernest and Elspeth are invited as well. We danced and jumped for joy. (laughs) When the next day came, Agnes picked me up on her chimney sweep brush and I travelled out of the Abbey for the first time in my life. London was the most beautiful city in the whole world. Even if it was the only city I had ever seen. We landed at the music festival. Where Queen Victoria herself introduced Agnes and D'Artagnan before their performance. The entire crowd fell in love with them. An uproarious applause followed. When it was over, the Queen brought me onto the stage and introduced me as one of the United Kingdom's loyal servants, the bell ringer of Westminster Abbey. And if you can believe it, dear reader, she knighted me right then and there. All of London had seen me. Afterwards, two guards followed Agnes and D'Artagnan home, not to take them away or anything, but to guard their home. The Queen commanded they guard Agnes's house for as long as she lived there, and no one was to remove her from her home. So we really did do it, dear reader. The Queen gave us not only her attention, but her appreciation and protection. Agnes and D'Artagnan kept their home, and I'm no longer invisible. Everyone notices me here at the Abbey, and the best part of it all, I made a new friend. What incredible diary entries, and only on the first few pages. Now I get to imagine that Abby, Agnes, D'Artagnan, Elspeth, and Ernest are my friends too. I am so glad I found this diary. There's a lot more to it. Maybe I'll read the other entries to you on another day. Thank you for listening, as always. That was Westminster Abbey. Written, executive produced, and performed by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Also performed by Tessa Flannery and produced by Chad Shanai. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you liked this story, share it with a friend. Grownups, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and Tailblazers, remember, 
I believe you, and I believe in you. Girl Tales is a Cordelia Studios production.